0: CHAPTERS 33 AND 34 OF THE TORRENTS OF SPRING BY IVAN TURGENEV TRANSLATED BY CONSTANCE Garnett. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN 33. IT TAKES LESS THAN AN HOUR IN THESE DAYS BY RAIL FROM Frankfurt TO WIESBADEN. AT THAT TIME THE EXTRA POST DID IT IN THREE HOURS. THEY CHANGED HORSES FIVE TIMES part of the time polozov dozed and part of the time he simply shook from side to side holding a cigar in his teeth he talked very little he did not once look out of the window picturesque views did not interest him he even announced that nature was the death of him sanin did not speak either nor did he admire the scenery he had no thought for it He was all absorbed in reflections and memories. At the stations, Polozov paid with exactness, took the time by his watch, and tipped the postilions more or less according to their zeal. When they had gone halfway, he took two oranges out of the hamper of edibles, and choosing out the better, offered the other to Sanin. Sanin looked steadily at his companion, and suddenly burst out laughing. "'What are you laughing at?' the latter inquired very carefully peeling his orange with his short white nails what at repeated sanin why at our journey together what about it polozov inquired again dropping into his mouth one of the longitudinal sections into which an orange parts it's so very strange yesterday i must confess i thought no more of you than of the emperor of china and today i am driving with you to sell my estate to your wife of whom too i have not the slightest idea anything may happen responded Polozov. when you've lived a bit longer you won't be surprised at anything for instance can you fancy me riding as an orderly officer but i did and the grand duke mikhail pavlovitch gave the order trot let him trot that fat cornet trot now look sharp sanin scratched behind his ear tell me please Ippolit Sidorovitch, what is your wife like what is her character it's very necessary for me to know that you see it was very well for him to shout trot polozov went on with sudden vehemence but me how about me i thought to myself you can take your honours and epaulets and leave me in peace but you asked about my wife what my wife is a person like any one else don't wear your heart upon your sleeve with her she doesn't like that the great thing is to talk a lot to her something for her to laugh at tell her about your love or something but make it more amusing you know how more amusing oh you told me you know that you were in love wanting to get married well then describe that sanin was offended what do you find laughable in that Polozov only rolled his eyes the juice from the orange was trickling down his chin Was it your wife sent you to Frankfurt to shop for her? asked Sanin after a short time. Yes, it was she. What are the purchases? Toys, of course. Toys? Have you any children? Polozov positively moved away from Sanin. That's likely. What do I want with children? Feminine, fellas. Finery, for the toilet do you mean to say you understand such things to be sure i do but didn't you tell me you didn't interfere in any of your wife's affairs i don't in any other but this is no consequence to pass the time one may do it and my wife has confidence in my taste and i'm a first-rate hand at bargaining polozov began to speak by jerks he was exhausted already and is your wife very rich? Rich, yes, rather, only she keeps the most of it for herself. But I expect you can't complain either. Well, I am her husband. I'm hardly likely not to get some benefit from it. And I'm of use to her. With me, she can do just as she likes. I'm easygoing. Polozov wiped his face with a silk handkerchief and puffed painfully as though to say, Have mercy on me, don't force me to utter another word, you see how hard it is for me. Sanin left him in peace and again sank into meditation. The hotel in Wiesbaden, before which the carriage stopped was exactly like a palace bells were promptly set ringing in its inmost recesses a fuss and bustle arose men of good appearance in black frock coats skipped out at the principal entrance a doorkeeper who was a blaze of gold opened the carriage doors with a flourish like some triumphant general polozoff alighted and began to ascend a staircase strewn with rugs and smelling of agreeable perfumes To him flew up another man, also very well dressed but with a Russian face, his valet. Polozov observed to him that for the future he should always take him everywhere with him, for the night before at Frankfurt he, Polozov, had been left for the night without hot water. The valet portrayed his horror on his face and bending down quickly took off his master's galoshes. "'Is Maria Nikolaevna at home?' inquired Polozov. "'Yes, sir. Madam is pleased to be dressing. Madam is pleased to be dining tonight at the Countess Lazunskis.' "'Ah, there? Stay. There are things there in the carriage. Get them all yourself and bring them up. And you, Dmitri Pavlovich?' added Polozov. "'Take a room for yourself and come in in three quarters of an hour. We will dine together.' polozov waddled off while sanin asked for an inexpensive room for himself and after setting his attire to rights and resting a little he repaired to the immense apartment occupied by his serenity Durklaucht, prince von polozov he found this prince enthroned in a luxurious velvet armchair in the middle of a most magnificent drawing-room Sanin's phlegmatic friend had already had time to have a bath and to array himself in a most sumptuous satin dressing-gown. He had put a crimson fez on his head. Sanin approached him and scrutinized him for some time. Polozov was sitting rigid as an idol. He did not even turn his face in his direction, did not even move an eyebrow, did not utter a sound. It was truly a sublime spectacle. After having admired him for a couple of minutes, Sanin was on the point of speaking, of breaking this hallowed silence, when suddenly the door from the next room was thrown open, and in the doorway appeared a young and beautiful lady, in a white silk dress trimmed with black lace, and with diamonds on her arms and neck, Maria Nikolaevna Polozov her thick fair hair fell on both sides of her head braided but not fastened up into a knot thirty four ah i beg your pardon she said with a smile half embarrassed half ironical instantly taking hold of one end of a plate of her hair and fastening on sanin's her large grey clear eyes i did not think you had come yet sanin dmitri pavlovitch known him from a boy observed polozov as before not turning towards him and not getting up but pointing at him with one finger yes i know you told me before very glad to make your acquaintance but i wanted to ask you ippolit sidorovitch my maid seems to have lost her senses today. to do your hair up yes yes please i beg your pardon Maria Nikolaevna repeated with the same smile. She nodded to Sanin and, turning swiftly, vanished through the doorway, leaving behind her a fleeting but graceful impression of a charming neck, exquisite shoulders, an exquisite figure. Polozov got up and, rolling ponderously, went out by the same door. Sanin did not doubt for a single second that his presence in prince polozov's drawing-room was a fact perfectly well known to its mistress the whole point of her entry had been the display of her hair which was certainly beautiful sanin was inwardly delighted indeed at this freak on the part of madame polozov if he thought she is anxious to impress me to dazzle me perhaps who knows she will be accommodating about the price of the estate his heart was so full of gemma that all other women had absolutely no significance for him he hardly noticed them and this time he went no further than thinking yes it was the truth they told me that lady is really magnificent to look at but had he not been in such an exceptional state of mind he would most likely have expressed himself differently maria nikolaevna polozov by birth Kalishkin, was a very striking personality and not that she was of a beauty to which no exception could be taken traces of her plebeian origin were rather clearly apparent in her her forehead was low her nose rather fleshy and turned up she could boast neither of the delicacy of her skin nor of the elegance of her hands and feet but what did all that matter any one meeting her would not to use pushkin's words have stood still before the holy shrine of beauty but before the sorcery of a half-Russian, half-gypsy woman's body, in its full flower and full power, and he would have been nothing loath to stand still. But Gemma's image preserved Sanin like the threefold armor of which the poets sing. Ten minutes later, Maria Nikolaevna appeared again escorted by her husband. She went up to Sanin, and her walk was such that some eccentrics of that alas already distant day were simply crazy over her walk alone that woman when she comes towards one seems as though she is bringing all the happiness of one's life to meet one one of them used to say She went up to Sanin, and holding out her hand to him, said in her caressing and, as it were, subdued voice in Russian, You will wait for me, won't you? I'll be back soon. Sanin bowed respectfully, while Maria Nikolaevna vanished behind the curtain over the outside door, and as she vanished turned her head back over her shoulder and smiled again and again left behind her the same impression of grace when she smiled not one and not two but three dimples came out on each cheek and her eyes smiled more than her lips long crimson juicy lips with two tiny moles on the left side of them Polozov waddled into the room and again established himself in the armchair. He was speechless as before, but from time to time a queer smile puffed out his colorless and already wrinkled cheeks. He looked like an old man, though he was only three years older than Sanin. The dinner with which he regaled his guest would of course have satisfied the most exacting gourmand but to Sanin it seemed endless, insupportable. Polozov ate slowly, with feeling, with judgment, with deliberation, bending attentively over his plate and sniffing at almost every morsel. First he rinsed his mouth with wine, then swallowed it and smacked his lips. Over the roast meat he suddenly began to talk, but of what? of merino sheep of which he was intending to order a whole flock and in such detail with such tenderness using all the while endearing pet names for them after drinking a cup of coffee hot to boiling point he had several times in a voice of tearful irritation mentioned to the waiter that he had been served the evening before with coffee cold cold as ice and bitten off the end of a havana cigar with his crooked yellow teeth he dropped off as his habit was into a nap to the intense delight of sanin who began walking up and down with noiseless steps on the soft carpet and dreaming of his life with gemma and of what news he would bring back to her polozov however awoke as he remarked himself earlier than usual He had slept only an hour and a half, and after drinking a glass of iced seltzer water and swallowing eight spoonfuls of jam, Russian jam, which his valet brought him in a dark-green genuine Kiev jar and without which, in his own words, he could not live, he stared with his swollen eyes at Sanin and asked him wouldn't he like to play a game of fools with him sanin agreed readily he was afraid that polozov would begin talking again about lambs and ewes and fat tails the host and the visitor both adjourned to the drawing-room the waiter brought in the cards and the game began not of course for money at this innocent diversion maria nikolaevna found them on her return from the countess Lassunskis she laughed aloud directly she came into the room and saw the cards on the open card table sanin jumped up but she cried sit still go on with the game i'll change my dress directly and come back to you and vanished again with a swish of her dress pulling off her gloves as she went she did in fact return very soon her evening dress she had exchanged for a full lilac silk tea-gown with open hanging sleeves a thick twisted cord was fastened around her waist she sat down by her husband and waiting till he was left full said to him come dumpling that's enough at the word dumpling sanin glanced at her in surprise and she smiled gaily answering his look with a look and displaying all the dimples on her cheeks i see you are sleepy kiss my hand and get along and Monsieur sanin and i will have a chat together alone i am not sleepy observed polozov getting up ponderously from his easy chair but as for getting along i am ready to get along and to kiss your hand she gave him the palm of her hand still smiling and looking at sanin Polozov too looked at him and went away without taking leave of him well tell me tell me said maria nikolaevna eagerly setting both her bare elbows on the table and impatiently tapping the nails of one hand against the nails of the other is it true they say you are going to be married As she said these words, Maria Nikolaevna positively bent her head a little on one side, so as to look more intently and piercingly into Sanin's eyes. End of chapters 33 and 34